MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the real truth behind medical research. So we use aspirin all the time to prevent second heart attacks and second strokes in people that have had a documented previous problem. And those are considered very high-risk patients. And, that, and, and that's well proven. There's lots of studies that show that. But the more controversial decision is whether or not you use aspirin to prevent a first heart attack or stroke. And um, this is a big source of confusion amongst a lot of people. And some people get mixed up between what primary prevention is versus secondary prevention. And that can be confusing. So let's start with that second question first. So in general, when we say primary prevention, it means that you have no inkling of the problem. You don't have coronary disease. You don't have, you haven't had a stroke. You haven't had a heart attack. But now that we have technologies that look at very early atherosclerosis, this, this gets tricky. So let's say that you have no symptoms at all, but you have hypertension, high cholesterol, and you do a CT angiogram of your coronary arteries and you find that you have a 50% blockage. Okay. Is that primary prevention or is that secondary prevention? So 30 years ago, when I was a cardiology fellow, we wouldn't have known that because we didn't have the technology to determine that. All we know is the patient was asymptomatic and didn't have anything on the EKG or any indication, and we would assume that would be primary prevention. But in fact, that may actually be secondary prevention. So the more data we have on a patient, the more likely we're able to assign risk, and we can switch from that primary prevention bucket to the secondary prevention bucket. So then we have the other question, okay, well, so we, we have some uh, gray areas, of course, but getting to the people who we believe are truly primary prevention. And even in that bucket, there's going to be some uh, discussions about risk. So, for example, patients that have diabetes, particularly type 1 diabetes, may not have any known pre-existing coronary disease, but are considered extraordinarily high risk. And then the other bucket are people who seem to be healthy but have multiple cardiovascular risk factors. So, for example, if somebody is a cigarette smoker and hypertensive and has high cholesterol in the family history, they're considered high risk. So if that person had their CT angiogram and showed, let's say, just little bumps and lumps, 10 or 20 percent, we mostly believe that that's probably not significant coronary disease, but it's the beginning of atherosclerosis. I think most people would agree that's still primary prevention, and most people would believe that there's some benefit of using aspirin. So to that, we have the data from the Physician's Health Study, which actually came out while I was a medical resident. And that study actually was a bit controversial from a couple of standpoints. Uh, for one, it showed that you can help prevent heart attacks in physicians but you're only preventing heart attacks between the ages of 50 and 80. And of note, people between 70 and 80 got the biggest benefit from using aspirin. <clears throat> the other thing that's interesting is that that study used aspirin, 325 milligrams every other day, which is not always the standard dosing. So even to this day, there's no standard um, way that doctors advise their patients to, to use aspirin. Uh, me and other cardiologists will often say, well, <clears throat> take low-dose aspirin every day because it's easier to remember to take something every day rather than every other day. But again, that's you know one of the subtleties of medicine, the nuances. But remember, in that study, in people previously undiagnosed with coronary artery disease or a problem between 70 and 80, they had the biggest benefit. It's actually, a, 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 if I recall correctly, about a 50% relative risk reduction in non-fatal myocardial infarctions. But the flip side of that <clears throat> is that study did not show any overall benefit from the standpoint of cardiovascular death. 
So while it did show a benefit for heart attacks and a non-fatal heart attack is certainly not the way I want to spend my weekends, uh, it didn't necessarily show that you're going to live longer or have fewer cardiovascular deaths. So even when that in that study, there's some debate. But now let's fast forward to the more recent studies that have done that have led people to say that there's no reason to use an aspirin for primary prevention if you're over 70 years old. And if you look at the data, that's very clear if you are truly primary prevention. Again, if you have that 50% lesion in your left anterior descending that's asymptomatic, well, that's another question. We don't know. But if you're asymptomatic and we don't know where you stand, on average, if you get to 70 years old without any known cardiac events or without being discovered to have a problem, chances are you're not going to die of heart disease. And if you're not going to die of heart disease, aspirin, which is preventing inflammation and preventing uh, platelet clumps from causing problems, is unlikely to help you because you're not going to have that problem. And that's very different, by the way, than the 70 to 80-year-olds in the physician health study who actually got a lot of benefit from aspirin, presumably because they had uh, undiagnosed coronary disease or other issues that we just weren't as able to get at with the technology of the 1980s compared to the technology of the 21st century. So the, the bottom line is that there's no one study that will necessarily guide things. But if you look at the studies in aggregate, you can put together a story. And the story that I put together based on this, and there's a lot of other studies, by the way, I just mentioned two of them, but they're literally a dozens, a couple dozen studies that have addressed this issue. But if you look at it, it's, a, it's actually pretty simple at the end of the day. The higher the risk of the patient, the more likely aspirin will benefit. And this gets to the physician who's going to make the decision with the patient to understand that patient's risk and then to ultimately make a recommendation based on the individual risk. And I would agree, if somebody's 70 years old and doesn't have risk factors and has been doing well, there's probably no reason to, to use an aspirin every day, baby aspirin or aspirin every other day, unless they have just a crazy fear about that particular complication versus side effects of aspirin, by the way, which could be GI upset or GI bleeding or other problems or bleeding strokes. Remember, aspirin acts as a mild blood thinner, so there is a, a likelihood of having a slightly higher incident of a bleeding stroke. So again, over 70 without overt risk or high risk, I would advise that patient not to. But for my 50-year-old who has risk factors, even if I don't know what their coronary status is, it would make sense for that person to take an aspirin every other day based on the physician health study. Or to do further analysis of the patient's risk by doing a CT angiogram or, or other assessments of their coronary artery to understand their risk better before making the recommendation. Thank you for listening to Med Evidence, the truth behind the data. Please hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on our weekly releases.